1: And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles.
0: Hola, como estas?
1: What, since we went to Mexico last weekend, you speak Spanish now?
0: I'm speaking Spanish now. Hola. We went down to Harlingen, and then we went to Mexico for the day.
1: Yes, it was a day trip to Progreso.
0: Yes. If you go down to Harlingen, Texas, it's the southern tip of Texas, then you are about 30 minutes away from South Padre Island, and... Then you're about twenty five minutes. From yeah, twenty five minutes from the border town. Yeah, Progresso. There's not many safe border towns, but I think this one I feel very safe at. And
1: oh, this one's awesome.
0: Even some of our friends that work in Homeland Security they say that Progresso is a great area. If you're going to cross over and go to a border town, that's a good area.
1: Yeah, my mom will text prior to going down there. And it's like, hey, I'm going down to Progresso doing my drug run. Anybody need anything?
0: Yep. They call people who live in Texas during the wintertime winter Texans. So they all basically scatter out of Texas like whenever it gets to this death heat. But then they come back during the winter. They get all their dental work down there in Progresso, get all of their medicine and all those sorts of things. So Trey and I went over there with the kids and Trey's mom and his stepdad Jack and we actually drive across the border. So a lot of people get concerned about bringing your car over there. If we did not have Arturo's, which is a restaurant, it's really nice and really good food. There's
1: some good spots on the street though. Um, yeah. They but will. Arturo's watch. is like in a gated area and there's somebody watching over your vehicle. Yes. It's nice.
0: It is. And it's great food. It's great food, but yeah, they're gonna watch over your vehicles. It's, it's perfectly safe. Don't bring any contraband or banned substances into Mexico <laughs> because you don't wanna be ending up in a Mexico prison anywhere. But
1: compensate it.
0: We had a lot of fun. So
1: yeah, would you get pottery and then dishes and glasses and things?
0: I'm kind of evolving and changing. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm changing my taste. I would say that I'm learning how to decorate and bring things into our home that make it a home that we like and that is true to our personality. I think sometimes we get caught up, and I've done it too, and I still do it. Is I'll look at decorating as oh my gosh, it should be this way. Like, these are the rules and that you have to follow these damn rules. But it's my house. Why do I have to follow <laughs> rules? And then you start thinking... Preach. Yeah, you know, I know, guys. A lot of times I you I like how care. you throw
1: we in there, but I mean, I don't really have to okay, throw in Okay, I, whatever.
0: Let's be honest. I'm the one decorating. And I mean... You You're like,
1: like, do you like this? Eh. Okay, well, it's going right here. I think,
0: well, what would you ask for it? Okay, well, because, you yeah. know, you want to know. But I think that women, we are the ones who are most of the time decorating. And will often think of, okay, I bought this pot or this table and we'll think, hmm, I wonder what so-and-so would think about this. Or would so-and-so have this in their house? Or my best friend or my sister or whatever, would they do this? And at some point you've got to just quiet that out of your head and say, you know what? I don't care what they think. I like it.
1: I like it. I want it. And it's going in my house. And
0: that's all that matters. Isn't it freeing? I literally feel so free because of that.
1: happy for you. But
0: honestly, things started to click for me when it comes to artwork when I went to my friend Leah's house. And by the way, shout out to Leah Bodie. She is the one who chose the name According to the Castles.
1: Ah, that's right. Okay. So
0: in her house, she has decorated very neutral with like a lot of whites and natural colors. I like their house. And then they choose artwork everywhere they go. And when they're choosing artwork, it's anything that's inspirational or special to them that they have an attachment to. Like they, they're like, oh, I, that makes me feel I like I this. Love it. so I love it. Yes. Don't like that. This art piece of artwork may not go with this other piece of artwork, but somehow it just all matches and it looks amazing. And it's I art. thought, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. Gosh, dang it. So, um. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So in our podcast, we have talked so much about fitness, exercise, nutrition, the things that we eat, but there's a whole other area that is much more important than just the fitness and the nutrition. Okay. Because if there are other things that are out of whack and out of balance, does it really matter how fit and healthy your body is? They go hand in hand. It's a
1: component, but it's not all of it.
0: Well, if you look at those things as more secondary, you have the primary areas And I want to give you 12 categories of areas that we also should be paying attention to when it comes to our primary focus of our overall health and wellness and happiness. So I'm going to name all 12. All right. Spirituality, creativity, finances, career, education, health, physical activity, home cooking, home environment, relationships. Social life, joy, happiness.
1: All right. So home cooking?
0: Okay. Home cooking.
1: That one throws me. I, I know. I've never Listen, heard that one before.
0: <laughs> we're not going to go through all of these. I'm
1: failing in that We're not going to go through all
0: these today. But <laughs> since you asked... Home cooking. Think about it when you get invited to go over to somebody's house for a home-cooked meal. It is so good for the soul. It's good for you. It's good for them. They get to cook for you. Obviously, maybe that's their love language if they invited you over to cook. Okay. If you are constantly going through drive throughs, fast food, in-and-out, quick in-and-out restaurants. So not
1: just whether you're having somebody over or not. It's just cooking your meals.
0: It's cooking your meals. Cooking them at
1: home or just cooking them in general instead of eating out, fast food.
0: There, that's important. There is an energy to it. There's love that goes into it.
1: You have to put time and effort into it.
0: Yes. And... You
1: have to go pick it out, buy it, bring it home, put it away, yep. pull it out, cook it.
0: Right. And that's good it. That's good for the soul. Home cooking is a whole category I've on itself. I've never
1: tried it that much. So I just like to eat it. So I'm sure it is very good for the soul.
0: Yes. Well, if I quit home cooking... Your soul's got to be great. But Trey... <laughs> But you are the receiver and I'm the giver in this scenario when it comes to the home cooking.
1: You give well and I receive well.
0: Yes. And it's
1: very good for our souls.
0: (laughs) But Trey, I'm telling you, when I go periods of time where I'm not cooking and then I do cook a home cooked meal, you always compliment and you're like, wow, this is so nice to eat at home.
1: Well, you get into a nice rhythm of having home cooked meals. You know what's in it. It's clean. Your body feels good. Everything feels good after you eat it. When you go eat out a lot i mean we don't eat a lot of nasty stuff but even though you're eating out at restaurants it costs money you don't know everything that they're putting in the food yeah. from the oils to the the seasonings and the things that go into it and how that affects your body
0: yeah the sodiums and the oils so I get are
1: really what um are what get me inflamed and puffy off of that
0: you almost have to ask like if you're going to get chicken for example some grilled chicken and you don't want the butter, you have to ask them to not do it with butter. Well, then they're just going to use oil, which they're not using like the best of oil. They probably don't have ghee. They probably don't have avocado oil or coconut oil. They just have like a canola oil. So then if you don't do that, then it just tastes bad. And then you could have eaten a meal on your own. So yeah, it does make a difference. Even if you're trying to eat out clean, it makes a big difference whenever you do have that home-cooked meal. Absolutely. So these categories, these primary foods for life, I feel like for so many years, we were both chasing our tail, trying to work on constantly balancing those and feeling unsatisfied, dissatisfied when we didn't have balance in all of these areas. And I know you said before that you liked to maybe focus on seven areas, fitness, family. It was the
1: seven F's from the faith.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Fitness, fitness family, family faith, faith,
1: finance, field, friends, fun.
0: And fun, right. So, but either way, regardless, those categories still have some subcategories, but it doesn't matter. Sure. Regardless, my point is, okay, yours had faith. Mine says spirituality. Right. Same thing. And I feel like, we chased our tail for so long trying to create balance. And I think it's a lie that we're going to have balance across the board. It's just not going to happen. We have different seasons of life. Every year looks different. There is no fall like 2020 fall. There is no fall like 1985 fall. I mean, there's you're a certain <laughs> age at that time. So no, that, that fall looked different. And you can look at these areas and take some time for self-reflection where you have your journal and you go over these areas and rate it on a scale of one to 10. How am I doing? Because there's times where you just feel lost and overwhelmed and you got to sit down, get some pen and paper and rate the areas. And then Maybe you Or just say.
1: To talk through it. I mean, the other day I was kind of overwhelmed. I had a lot going on and you kind of walked me through. You're like, look, I'm in a good place. So we're good there. The kids are in a good place. You just kind of went through like a checkbox of like five different things. And as just you saying that and it resonating with me, it was like, okay, it takes the throttle that inflamed whatever in your brain that's yelling at you and says, all right, this category is okay. Stop worrying about it. Now let's move to this one. And then you can really kind of find out where the issue is least for me anyway.
0: Well, and it it's, helped. It's taken practice too for you to not get into that fight or flight mode because you are a high-stressed person. At least you, you take have high been- stress. In, well, not high stress, but- I Move quickly. But Trey, you have a lot on your plate more than I do. My job is to take care of you, take care of the family. I go buy the groceries- but you are providing the means to be able to go buy those groceries. You're running a company. Your stressors are different. And if we were to change our stressors, I'm not sure that either one of us could handle that. You would wanna go back to yours. Oh,
1: hell no. And I would wanna go back to mine. That's a good point, because when you're out of town or I'm out of town or vice versa and we gotta take the load of each other, it's like as soon as you get home, I'm like, thank God, here you go. Take these back over. And it's not that I don't think either one of us could not be good at it. It's just what our path has chosen for each other and where we've kind of found our cadence and our rhythm. Like I know how to handle certain things through my experience better than you and vice versa.
0: Well, the thing is though, when you leave town, I'm not going to run your company. Fair. It's easier for you to leave town because I just have to man the house. It's
1: easier for me to take over or pick up
0: But it's hard for me to leave town because you're sleep or down
1: or have a migraine or out of town, some of the roles and duties that you do. But there are things that I do duties. It's your duty to
0: Okay. Anyway. So I wanna (laughs) hone in on the area of spirituality for a minute. And specifically I chose that area because I wanted to talk about hope today. And hope... Your friend Hope? No, not my friend Hope, but I could have a friend named Hope, I'm sure, if Uh. I looked, I guess. Hope, to me, falls under the category of spirituality because where I find my hope is through my faith. And my faith is part of the spirituality category. And hope... The reason why I wanted to talk about that is because no matter where someone is in their life, and as a health coach, if somebody is coming in, you can find hope in any of these areas. Sometimes you just have to talk it out with someone or pray about it and write it down in your journal. But with a health coach, they are going to help you to find hope. They are not your hope, but they can help you find Find your hope to help you get healthy. And sometimes hope is all we need. And I wanted to say something about hope. So when you have hope, a relaxation response occurs in your nervous system. And when you have this response, your system basically relaxes and it activates your body's natural self-healing mechanisms. This is where miracles are possible. Hmm. And I was thinking back to how many times that we needed hope in our life whether it was work, tell them about your times in the early days of building Bulldog Security and where you really needed some hope. But you couldn't have that hope if you didn't have the faith.
1: I guess I got to pull it all the way back to 2011 is when I started more of my spirituality or at least my journey with Christ and started to deepen that. And I did the 30-day challenge with KSBJ. And I think that was done in like February, where you listen to KSBJ for 30 days.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: literally for after that point, I've either been listening to the message or KSBJ. I mean, I throw in other music as well, but fundamentally, that's what I listen to because it gives me a lot of the encouragement and faith to then lead me to hope. But during that time, we were transitioning out of A points partner and then full blown into Bulldog security. And we started to ramp up. And... There were good weeks and bad weeks in there, but, you know, at the end of the day, we never missed a payroll. And as an employer, you want to make sure that all your employees are fed and everybody gets taken care of because they're the ones putting in the work. And so there were several weeks in there that Luke and I went without paychecks, but we made sure that everybody else got paid. And it was like, we can sacrifice a few weeks or a few months of this to be able to get to the next level, but our people can't. And we had to hope and pray and just know that the direction we were going was right because the stress that comes on trying to make payroll, trying to make ends meet, not just with your business, but then being able to have the money to run your household and protect and provide for your family, it's uncanny what your brain can go to in Uh dark places unless you have some sort of stability of faith.
0: That's your foundation. And that, that for foundation. me
1: was weak all the way up to 2011. And, and when I started that journey with Christ and started doing my daily devotion and learning and understanding where you can lean on scripture and you can lean on a consistent pattern of that feeling that you get when hope is in play, is magical because hope's an amazing emotion. It's an amazing thing that you can conjure up through your mind and through experiences that... Is all resting on your faith and where your spirituality is. Ours obviously is with Christ, but others have other ways of doing it. But hopes,
0: hopes a must. I just remember you telling me that there were so many days that you were on your drive to work, and there was some need of some serious money coming. Oh man, we'd start out on
1: Monday and Tuesday and not know how the hell we were going to make payroll on Friday, and by you know the end of the week, some deals came through, some camera jobs popped up, and. Luke and I would be on the phone and say, hey, I got this working, I get this working. And then boom, this would happen on the day it needed to happen. And it, it just became so apparent that we were not leading this charge in our company. It was through a higher power. It was led through God. And the events and the things that took place along that journey were so beyond our control that when you start having those things happen, the hope that you had actually turns into deeper, more profound faith, because what you were hoping in started to come true. Mm -hmm. And as you were hoping in it, you were basing it off of your prayer and your words and your communication with God. And then that hope turned into faith. And now it just became this cadence and this rhythm. It was beautiful. But man, when you're in that moment, you got to have that hope that it's going to happen. It may not happen the way you want to, but it's going to happen the way it needs to. And then you got to be okay with that.
0: I'm so thankful that during those times that you did have your faith so that you could have hope because if you didn't, maybe our family would have suffered, but you always took care of us. So you always figured out.
1: Well, and there's there's another way. component to it as well. And a really good friend of mine is Marcus and I've had a band mm-hmm. on my wrist for this. Is, I'm going on eight years. It says never quit and never out of the fight. And Those things are not in our DNA. We don't quit on anything. We're always making the charge. But foundationally and fundamentally, without God and without our faith, hope doesn't exist.
0: I agree. And I needed hope for so many years whenever we were having multiple miscarriages. I feel like it was my faith that God laid it on my heart to have another child. And you did too. I might have had to talk you into it a little bit, but but (laughs) then you did too. And it wasn't happening. But my faith was so strong. It was like, well, hold on. How is this not happening when I know that God just gave me this desire so strong? And, but it wasn't happening. And so I had to remain hopeful. And there, it was not easy. I had lots of ugly moments. There were ups and downs. It took us
1: six years to get that little guy.
0: It it took a long time. And there were a lot of miscarriages. And then
1: lots of practice, though.
0: And then we had River. And then he was about three years old. And it was funny because Evan was about three years old when we decided that we wanted to have another baby. And then River was about three years old when we decided that God was calling us to adopt. And I want to pause there for a second. But when you get to a place where you feel like you're not drowning anymore. You're flowing through life. You can honestly say, hey, I'm happy. I've got my affairs in order. I've got my stuff. I'm working in my different categories. I take care of my physical activity. We're home cooking like, okay, we're doing this. Everything's doing pretty good. You may get to a point where you say, okay, God use me. Where can I go? And that's kind of where we were. Yeah. We were in that place where we were happy and we were balanced and we were doing good And we felt like we wanted to adopt. And I want to tell the story really quick of how we met the young woman that we're mentoring right now. Basically, I started praying about adoption. We talked about the idea and you weren't quite all there. (laughs) Maybe not like at all. (laughs) I had
1: hope that I would get there. Oh
0: (laughs) gosh. But basically it started out with I did a holy yoga certification. Well, first I did my regular yoga certification, okay? Then you went
1: and did the holy yoga.
0: In holy yoga, I learned how to meditate. Yep. They taught us how to meditate in my actual yoga training, but it wasn't until my holy yoga training that I found a new purpose with it. And basically what they said, I'm sure somebody could say this is totally wrong, whatever. They taught me that prayer is when you are talking to God, And meditation is when you're listening. Mm. And how do you get there? You get there through your breath. And we've talked a lot about meditation. We've talked a lot about breath I'm probably not
1: listening that well. What? (laughs) Because I'm not meditating as well as I should.
0: (laughs) So the important thing is how do you get to a point where your mind is actually quiet enough for you to hear what God is wanting to tell you? And that is done through your breath. And you breathe so that you can get to that space where you are calm. If somebody's having an anxiety attack or hyperventilating or about to do something very difficult going through a surgery or whatever, like a surgery they're awake, they're taught breathe. Like just breathe. Breathing is how I got through having three C-sections. Because the, whoo, that was messing with my head. I did not like being on the table and then fumbling around inside my body. It was the most awkward thing ever. But it was my breath that got me through so that I didn't have to get knocked out like I did with Avery. <laughs> but- Are
1: right, you sidetracked? What, where were we going?
0: Are you calling me out?
1: Why, you call me out all the time. and keep you centered. Okay. We got, we got things to do.
0: Anyway, as I was saying before I was rudely interrupted- There we go. It is the breath that gets you to that space where you are calm enough to hear whatever you're supposed to hear. Okay. And after a few months- And I saw in my mind, you can see visions too. We've talked about that. I saw an image of a baby and that baby was biracial and the baby had- Curly hair. Curly hair, yeah. And I saw her very clear. And that was kind of like my first, and it just popped in my head. So it was like, okay, I just wrote it down. Well, then I kept praying about it and I told you about it and I kept praying about it. Within about two weeks, a friend calls us and says, hey, because I had told her that we were praying about adoption, and my friend says, hey, my mom met a girl, and we think she's homeless, and she is pregnant, and I don't think it's a good situation. I was like, oh, wow, okay, I'll pray for her. That's all I knew what to do. So I prayed for her, and in that moment... It sounds crazy. Some people may not even believe this, but whatever. I heard in my mind, God say, "Pursue the pregnant girl." She is in Cut and Shoot, which is a town in Texas, and her name is Amanda. I and thought you
1: were going nuts on me. Yeah,
0: you did. And I heard this. I mean, <laughs> I really how? Did, but, but what? Are, <laughs> I, I like, heard you want
1: us to go out to Cut and Shoot and chase down a drug infested pregnant lady and figure out how to adopt her baby a little a little background cut and shoot is in the middle of nowhere
0: oh it's, it's cut a very and
1: small town yeah and yeah just it's to paint the conroe. picture for the it was it was like here, all right we're gonna go to east texas and conroe and go find our baby let's go it, it's kind of similar to the come up here on the mountain yeah. from exodus you know there you go that's a good depiction right there there we go So <laughs> that set the scene thanks john
0: so i asked my friend did your mom get her name? What is her name? Because I was praying and I was meditating and I heard God tell me that her name was Amanda. It's and crazy. she you said, can't, can't uh, we up. don't know her name and she's gone. like She disappeared. So I'm like, Ugh, okay, whatever. Well, fine. So three weeks go by. Yep. Three weeks go by. I get a phone call over and over on my phone and it's my friend Shannon. And she says, Amy, I finally answered, Amy, you're not going to believe this. My mom found her. I am shaking right now. She asked her her name and her name is Amanda. Yep. And I was like, I'm getting what?
1: chills thinking about I, it. I, I have chills I thinking about, about it I story in a couple years.
0: I said, okay, you have to introduce me. I don't know why I'm supposed to meet her, but you have to introduce me. So the next day I woke up in the morning, I got my journal, I sat down, I breathed, I meditate, I pray. <laughs> and I said- Heard from the Lord. I said, Jesus. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. I prayed, what do you want me to to tell her. And I wrote down anything that came to my mind. See, this is the thing. You can't judge. When God's telling you a message to give to somebody, you can't judge that message. Because you don't change it either. Don't change it. Just write it down. And you know what? It's better that maybe you're wrong at some point, but most of the time you're probably going to be right. So I brought her that message. We drove out there to cut and shoot. We were on our way to cut and shoot. And I said, Trey, I have a vision of her in my mind, and you go, okay. And You don't know what to think about. I'm any just of this. like,
1: man, my wife's going crazy.
0: <laughs> Lord forgive him for he knows not what he says or does. <laughs> anyway, so we get out it's there, pretty outlandish. And there. I tell Trey, I, I tell Trey on the way there, I said, I have a vision of her. She's wearing blue jean cut off shorts, a white tank top, flip flops, and her hair's in a bun on top of her head. And he is like,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> We <laughs> All get. Right, let's it. go find her. <laughs> we get out to cut and shoot, and I kid you not, she gets out of her car and she is in the exact outfit that I had. The, vision. the first
1: thing I saw, I was like, did, "Did you know? Did you know what she looked like?" No, and she's like, "No,
0: he, y'all." It was and exact I was like, you outfit. Be it was me. exact, and she it was dirty. I mean, her shirt's dirty. She, the girl's living out of a car. She's
1: living out of her car. <laughs> we pull up to this trailer in East Texas, and she pulls out, and she's big, round, and pregnant. With she have flip flops. Her feet were dirty, and. She was a sweet young lady, and you went up to her and was like, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like God's brought me here to talk to you, and I need to tell you something.
0: I delivered the message that God told me to tell her, and a lot of it was about her mom. And I Who you didn't know. I had no idea who she – yeah, I had no idea. Well, it turns out her mom died when she was 15, and at that time is whenever she started using drugs.
1: But you told her – what you felt like God was telling you to tell her. And when you told her all these things, she almost hit her knees in tears. Because she didn't know you, you didn't know her, but yeah. yet you literally like got her right in the jugular of what she was dealing with.
0: So here's the other thing. I held her hand. I asked her if I could pray with her. I held her hand. I put, and I had no idea what I'm doing. Y'all, I've
1: never seen anything like this. I,
0: I'm, not, I'm not the volunteer in the church. I'm not part of like the prayer ministry. This is just faith. Like I'm just doing it's it. very I, organic. I held her hand, put my hand on her belly, and I just prayed for her and out loud. And somehow God told me that her baby was going to be perfectly fine. Well, she was very clear, by the way, that she did not want to adopt. So, okay, well, that's fine. So we ended up keeping in touch with her a little bit. I would drive out there and find her and give her a letter or something like that, trying to give her words and encouragement. And hope. And anyway, she ends up going in to have the baby. And when she goes and has the baby, she's actually on meth while she's delivering. And because she tested positive, obviously CPS had to get involved. However, during... The
1: entire time you're praying for a healthy baby, you're praying for God to protect the baby, to let nothing happen to the baby.
0: So then I hear before this, before she has the baby, I hear God say... Her baby is perfect in every way. Well, this is a girl who did meth her entire pregnancy, gives birth to a full-term baby, which is unlikely, full-term baby without any drugs in her system. Zero. Absolutely perfectly clean and perfectly healthy. It really, truly was a miracle. And that path did not go the way that we thought it would go. We thought maybe that was going to be the adoption.
1: But it was a beautiful experience because what you – were shown, you acted on one, which took a lot of strength and faith to go act on that. And then everything that you acted on started to come true. And then it had a profound effect on her. You went up to the hospital, you sat with her after birth, you got on your hands and knees and this woman did not know if you were there to try and get her child. Yeah, it was real She awkward. was like, okay, who is this woman? And you literally just prayed with her and then got on your knees with the warm Cloth and water, and actually cleaned yep. her feet.
0: No, 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 no,
1: Trey. What? Listen, All right,
0: whatever. listen, This disrobe. Yeah, I love you, but I'm not Jesus it. or anything. Okay, I wasn't like washing. I was not. Did cleaning. you not clean her feet? No. I thought you did. Okay, let me tell the story. What? Well, hurry up. Okay, I had a vision of me doing something with her feet. I didn't know what that was. It was just a split second vision. Okay. So in the hospital, she wanted to go get some snacks.
1: She put on her socks.
0: And so she didn't have shoes. Her shoes had broken. I, without even thinking about it, you know, because you see these visions, you don't know what's real. So without thinking about it, I instantly got down on one knee. I said, let me help you with the compression socks because I had to put the compression socks back on her and then also the regular socks because she had a C-section. So I put the compression socks and then the regular socks over the top so that she could go safely walk into the nasty halls of the hospital. Regardless,
1: you were on your knees messing with her feet, right? Yes. Okay, Okay. I was right.
0: So it's time for Amanda to leave the hospital. She is able to leave the hospital with the child as long as CPS was involved with where she was going. And the only reason why that was able to happen, as crazy as it is, is because the baby tested negative for any sort of drugs. She left the hospital and she went to her stepsister's house. That is the only reason I knew of the existence of her stepsister. She was there for a short period of time. CPS approved for her to be there. But then Amanda went off to her rehabilitation place in Houston with the baby. So she's out of the picture at this point. A year goes by. I get a message on my phone in my messenger and it's Amanda. And she says, do you still want to adopt a baby? By this time, 2020, COVID started, and everything felt like the world was ending. I was like, maybe? I said, why? Are you pregnant again? And she (laughs) said, no, my stepsister Kaylee is. And it wasn't her choice to get pregnant. It was forced upon her. So she is pregnant. And so at that time, I was like, oh, uh, okay, well, maybe – Let me talk to Trey. So that's when I talked to you. And we decided, okay, wow, if this is coming at us, maybe we are supposed to adopt. So then we'd said yes. Well, I didn't hear from her anymore. And then about probably two weeks go by, and I woke up one morning, and I had this inner, just deep knowing that Kaylee needed food. All I knew, Kaylee needed groceries, and she (laughs) needed food.
1: You wake up that morning like, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but there's a pregnant girl that I just found out about from Amanda, and I feel like she needs food, and I want to go to Aldi, and I want to go bring her some food. I'm like, okay, so, let's go. But,
0: so, <laughs>
1: let's let's but here's go the kicker. bring her some food. <laughs> I roll
0: over, I grab my phone, there's a message from Amanda. Yep. And what does the message say? She says, hey, Kaylee is out of food. She doesn't have any money. COVID is crazy. She doesn't have her job anymore. She needs food. Is there any way you can help? And I'm like, I jumped up and I was like, oh, we're doing this. Here we go. (laughs) And we go get a bunch of groceries at Aldi and we bring it over to her house. Yeah. And
1: that's when the real love started.
0: Y'all, you have to understand this is our part of the story. Kaylee has her own story. See, at that time... She was feeling hopeless. She was, at the time, 22 years old. She has a two and three years old. And then here she was pregnant again. She didn't know what she was going to do. No vehicle. No vehicle, nothing.
1: I mean, lived in an apartment that had a lot of concerns.
0: The apartment was very, very sketchy and was very empty. And she was going through her own thing and praying about it as well. But she had prayer without hope. She was praying, but she there was no hope behind it. And when we came in, we were just obeying what God was wanting us to do at that time and brought to her, we weren't the hope. You can't be somebody else's hope, but we can show them where to find hope. And at that time, we had to tell her, hey, we're being brought to you. This is not by us, okay? You need to know this. This this is because you are special. You are chosen. God was listening to you, and He was hearing your prayers, and He sent us. We're just delivering the goods because it turned into more than just groceries. Oh, yeah. It turned into more than just groceries. And what I found out about her life and her hardships, her traumas, and she aged out of foster care. She really didn't have any family. And by us coming in, we offered a sense of mentorship and we started to get to know each other. She had to learn to trust me because it was weird, you know, and she did know that I wanted to adopt a baby. And it was something that I needed her to know that I wanted to ultimately take care of her, but we would adopt the baby as well if that's what she wanted. If that involved
1: her wanting to give the baby up.
0: So we kept up with her. We raised money, got her a car, community came together, the neighborhood donated a bunch of furniture for her apartment. She finally had a place that actually felt like home. Mm -hmm. And then came time for her to have the baby. Once she had the baby, she realized she's like, I can't, I can't give her up. I can't, I can't give her up, even though this was not chosen. And um, you were at
1: the hospital with her. I was at the
0: hospital with her, and it was a beautiful birth. But I knew. But like the baby some,
1: was biracial with hair. By the way, yeah,
0: that baby looks exactly like the vision so that I vision had. So your vision was there. But in that moment. But the
1: end, end game ended up not when, us adopting.
0: When she said to me, I can't do it. I knew in that moment because I already had a feeling. I knew that this wasn't about adopting the baby. This was about adopting her and mentoring her, taking her under our wing to guide her or mentor her, to show her where to find hope, to help build her faith so that she can then go on and change the generations below her. Because if we can help with her, then she can take that on and then move that for her three children so that they don't end up in the same situation that she was in, and then it just keeps happening.
1: It was very purposeful. At the time, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We were just kind of following orders. And every time we acted on what we felt like we were told to do, there was so much joy in it. And there were so many other people that started to contribute. And then the story just grew and grew and the the love and everything that was about it was just, it was magical. And this young lady was taken out of this dark, you know, hopeless environment and was just by some of the acts we did and some of the acts that other people did, it lifted her up. out of her situation to know I have options. I can do this. There are avenues for me. There are channels for me. I'm not lost. I'm not stuck in this hole. I can get out of this. And then she welcomed the help, but we welcomed giving it even more because of the effort and the attitude that she was sharing by receiving it. And it wasn't like we were doing things for her she was doing it for herself when we were directing and assisting and kind of molding
0: it's and so been a te- it was it was it's it was been nice a, It's been a team effort because you don't want to enable someone yeah, you
1: don't want to do it all for her.
0: but you also you want to show someone a different life that hey you know this area that you live in you can get out of it you right. don't always have to live in a space like this. Let me show you how you can get into a new area but For someone who's been born and raised in an area like where she is, they don't know any different and they truly are hopeless and they just don't know the existence of what's around them. And so my whole point in telling all of this today is that we're constantly striving for overall greatness and our purpose in life, right? And my purpose is different from Trey's and yours. And we're always searching for balance, which may not ever come. You're going to have balance in different areas and different seasons. But your hope in whatever area that you're struggling with comes from your faith and your spirituality. It trumps hope that you put in anyone. Because if you're putting your hope in a person, if you're putting your hope in your husband or your children or anyone else, a person, you will always be let down if you can get yourself to a place where you've truly achieved hope in the best ways possible, then you can be of service or of purpose. You can serve someone else to find the same. You're able to pass it on.
1: No, that's well said.
0: And it's a beautiful thing.
1: I mean, we paraphrase a lot of this story. It was a two and a half year journey and I'm happy to say that she's doing well. She has a vehicle. She's taking care of all three of these children. She's attending church and she's gainfully employed and she's doing amazing and i'm very proud of her and what she's been able to do and i'm also proud of us that you know we were stewards to to listen but not just listen but to take action and that's a lot that not calling people out out there but there's a lot of people that listen and hear things all the time it's just being able to have the faith to take the action behind it knowing that it's not your purpose, it's God's purpose and he's leading you to go do it.
0: You know, and something else I was going to say is everybody has their area in which they can give back. Some people really want to run the ministry at their church for the children's ministry. That makes me kind of want to shoot myself in the head a little bit. That's aggressive. Um, But everybody, some people want to be a door greeter. Some people want to donate their time and work with a nonprofit organization. Everybody kind of has their different thing that they like to do. Because I'm so busy and kind of maybe a little bit all over the place, (laughs) just a little.
1: It's recorded. Let's go.
0: (laughs) It's easier for me to take on the one. It's easy for me to take on the one. So I'm protected though. I protect myself. I don't take on Kaylee's problems or any of her issues, but I listen with compassion and I offer her hope to give out of it, but also problem solving, strategy to find a solution. Yes. And sometimes that is all that we need. I love the fact that I have my mom to call anytime. I have my sister. I have my best friend. I can call anytime that I have an issue and I can talk to you. And if you think about all those areas Mm -hmm. of the primary foods, if you are helping someone in need or like in a situation like Kaylee, it makes you take a look at some of those categories that you have and just go, wow, I'm really humbled right now. My finances are way better than I thought because, holy cow, there's so many people that they can't even afford tampons, just for example. Um, The relationships, social life, home cooking, they can barely make a pot of rice. And it just makes you humble in all those other areas. And suddenly you become a little bit less judgmental and a little easier on yourself about your life. You're like, wow, you just have a little bit more gratitude, if that makes sense.
1: I agree. I think that's what it's all about. So well said. First time you've gotten that story out.
0: Well, that's all I got to say about that.
1: That's all I got to say about that too. So have faith, keep hopeful, keep your foundation strong with your spiritual leader.
0: This episode is dedicated to Kaylee. Kaylee, we're so proud of you. We love you. You You're like a daughter to us and I couldn't be more hopeful for you. I'm so just amazed by your strength and your passion and your ability to keep pushing and getting up and moving through each day.
1: Love it. you never out of the fight. So, keep it going. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly.